How's it going, guys? Welcome to episode 22 of Fear Frequency. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne, and with me today is George Frizzard. How's it going, dude? Good, man. What's up? Nothing. Had a long, long weekend. Shot this, like, short clown film with my friend Graham, and it came out great, but it was exhausting. Yeah, I can imagine shooting a short film is pretty damn difficult. Yeah, we did it all in a day, too, so I don't recommend that. <laughs> it adds a little bit of extra tension to the whole the whole thing. Uh-huh, and I have a week to edit it, so... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's gonna be good! No tight schedules right yeah. to work off of, right? No, it's gonna... It's fine. It's not like we... Sh- you know, it's, it's fine. But, anyways, we got a Halloween alert right out of the gate, and there's no new news for Halloween, but it comes out exactly seven months from today, which is Monday. It comes out seven months from Monday. But when everyone's hearing this, it doesn't really matter anymore. I just wanted to have a Halloween alert. I think this is going to be the last one for a while. Yeah, I mean, hopefully... The, I mean, obviously when the new trailer comes out, they got a trailer for this thing. I heard it's coming out in May. The trailer? Yeah. I mean, that'll be cool. That'll be something to talk about. But mm-hmm. I think... I think they'll probably attach it to Truth or Dare. Maybe. Yeah. That comes out the end of April. Yeah, unfortunately, I feel like that's going to be tied in there in some way. But... Uh, it'll be more news, though, for Halloween, which we're both very excited for, so that'll be yeah. cool. Hopefully, I, I feel like it's gonna be very dry, though, between now, the first trailer, and then when the movie comes out. Yeah, I think it's funny. I went to HalloweenDailyNews.com, and I think they got an increase in traffic lately, <laughs> because they started writing about other movies. Oh. Which they weren't doing before. Well, that's not, uh, Halloween Daily, technically, yeah, no, they haven't updated since the last thing we talked about that like <laughs> shitty looking documentary. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're gonna have an update for a while. But it is true that it is coming out seven months from today. So in seven months, we'll be seeing a new Halloween, and so will everyone listening. Yay! Yeah. Okay, we also got some fan letters. So Jen Cartwright corrected us on how to say Carrie's name. So she says, you guys, Sissy Spacek, space dash ek, I love you, but you're killing me. Killing is in all capitals. <laughs> so Jen, we said it right. George, say Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek. Uh, no, that's wrong. So you're kill- <laughs> you just killed Jen Cartwright. <laughs> you fucking murderer. <laughs> you're playing with people's lives here. <laughs> No, Sissy Spacek. That's who it is. That's the actress that we've yeah. been referencing for every uh, Castle Rock alert that we've had since the show came out. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's how you say Sissy Spacek's name. And then Brittany Young, who is a fan on Instagram, she says, she posted a picture of our album art and said, I want everyone to know Fear Frequency has become my favorite podcast to listen to. These guys talk about horror everything. It has become my number one favorite podcast over lore and sword and scale. Those are really big podcasts, yeah, like, you guys. Uh, lore just got a, a show on Amazon, so they're kind of big. Yeah, so we're better than that. <laughs> this is a fact. <laughs> and if you like those more than us, you're wrong. So I mean, if you ask Brittany, you're obviously wrong. If you ask us, you're wrong. So, inso facto, you're kind of wrong. Yeah, so thank you so much. That was a very nice comment. Uh, We really appreciate that. And she does also, she responds on Instagram a lot with some really insightful stuff. 
and we are so glad to have fans like you guys especially Brittany and jen because they're the only two we featured this week so uh yeah that was really nice and it feels good to get some fan interaction yeah here. really appreciate it and it's cool to see that what we're doing is actually being received in some way instead of just us talking into the air for an hour every week yeah that's what i do anyway so <laughs> yeah sissy space it guys she's alive and well and she's in bloodline which is a good show yeah all right so let's get into the news here this one this one's a little weird huh so sci-fi announced that they are releasing a sequel to the original leprechaun and it's from the director of the void and so the film picks up 25 years after the events of the 1993 original which found a maniacal leprechaun doing whatever it takes including committing gruesome murder to track down his stolen pot of gold leprechaun returns finds the leprechaun revived in the modern day when a group of sorority girls unwittingly awaken him while tearing down a cabin to build a new sorority house uh so yeah that's kind of cool like it's either going to be really good or terrible yeah this is kind of a polarizing where either the director of the void will come in and bring in some really interesting special effects and a story yeah, to push that's the void right because the story in the void's pretty bad yeah like I mean, the void i don't think the void's a good movie but i think it looks pretty good I, I think the void is very interesting visually but pretty like all flash no substance where yeah the special effects are very cool to look at and watching like you want to watch all of the end because of how interesting it is visually but uh, and I think it, the story actually starts out really cool, but once the cult aspect yeah, it drops starts off, great. it doesn't get... I, I think that's when it becomes, like, much, much weaker. Yeah, credit where it's due, that intro shot where, uh, you know, the people beat that guy in front of that house. That is dark and really cool. And then the, and then the hospital yeah, or school or whatever. The cultists around that's the hospital. Great. That part was yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. The creature effects are great. The plot... The problem is the, the main characters are assholes like you don't like them yeah they're not likable and the dialogue and the isn't great is really either bad. yeah the dialogue's so bad i hate bad dialogue yeah it kind of takes it's like you slant really gets to me yeah exactly it takes you right out of the movie like while you're trying to enjoy it and like get to know these people yeah you know because bad dialogue sucks i also hate the new trend of like hiring comedians to be in your movies and then having them improvise like for four hours and then just picking the best line that's like a thing now that I really don't like. Yeah, that seems kind of, I don't know, like weak lazy? writing. <laughs> yeah, or lazy yeah. is a good way to say it. It's like you're writing an outline of a movie and then like relying on these comedians to put it together. So hopefully that doesn't infect horror because that would be really annoying. I don't know how it could. I mean, but, I know. You know Lep- they could find a way. I, I know Leprechaun had some comedic elements to it, so... Oh, yeah, we're talking about Leprechaun. Yeah, so possibly that'll feed into it in some way. Going back to Leprechaun. Back to Leprechaun. Uh, I mean, I don't think they'll go full horror with this, since the kind of spirit of Leprechaun is that it's kind of a joke and a horror. It's like a horror, you know, like black comedy. So, yeah, I mean... It was was okay. It had, uh, what's that lady's name from Friends? Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. She was in it. Yeah, it's her first movie, so launch her career yeah so yeah i mean like it's gonna be on tv which is cool because you can just watch it on tv and if it's 
up to par with like you know channel zero like if it's the same quality as that even effects wise i think it'll be pretty good but they posted a teaser for it which uh it's not warwick davis returning as the leprechaun but whoever they got th- is doing a pretty good job yeah like I, that was pretty creepy yeah i mean it's almost indistinguishable he's funny kind of fills the same role without you know you think that warwick davis would be really missed because he's you know kind of the most prolific dwarf actor but i don't know this guy seems like he's a good replacement and it'll be interesting to see how it does and on sci-fi it's weird it's not coming out vod or in theaters at all right i don't know it comes out in one year though seems like a weird time to announce a movie a full year before it comes out especially a tv movie yeah but yeah and also that they're making it a direct sequel to the first one halloween style yeah seems kind of like as if someone heard the plot of the new Halloween was like, we should do a new Leprechaun movie also. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see how this goes. But there's some people returning from the original movie, which is cool, but obviously Jennifer Aniston is not. Well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. So then the next story I'm way more excited about, and it's that the sequel to Happy Death Day is filming, which I didn't even know... There are plans for a sequel, but I guess it makes sense. So in an interview, uh, the main character, I think her name is Jessica Roth, the actress, she said the sequel, the way it was described to me, elevates the movie from being a horror movie, and I wouldn't even say it's just a horror movie because it's a horror comedy, rom-com drama, into a Back to the Future type genre film where the sequel joins us right from where we left off. It explains a lot of things in the first one that didn't get explained, and it elevates everything. That's what she told Collider. And she said, I was really pleased to know that we weren't just going to be pushing all the buttons we that people loved the first time over and over again, because I think that gets old. I'm really excited to see if it all comes to fruition, and if it does, what the final product looks like. I hope we get to do it. I had a ball. And it hasn't been officially announced yet, but Geek, Geek Vibes Nation says that the sequel was listed on Production Weekly's Roundup this week. And they said uh, it's going to begin filming May 14th in New Orleans. So that's cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, it's a good movie. I missed it. That you haven't seen. Yeah, I, haven't, I missed the original. I didn't actually get to see Happy Death Day when it was in theaters. And I haven't uh, actually sat down to watch it since it came out, you know, on It's video. really good. I, I did hear good things. I heard it was surprisingly good, better than yeah, people expected it Yeah, it looked like it shit. Yeah, I thought that... It, lo- it looked like uh, tr- Truth or Dare. Yeah, I thought the trailer didn't impress me at all. And I was kind of like, eh, this is probably a movie I can take or leave, basically. I didn't really feel a big push to go see it in theaters or anything, so... Yeah. Uh, but I know you recommended it pretty highly, so I, I sh- I'm definitely going to check this out before the sequel comes out. I mean, I like the... It's on Blu-ray now. Yeah, and I like I like the concept of it kind of mixing horror movie and, like, Groundhog's Day style, where there's some comedy aspects and it's, you know, repeating the same day over and over again. Kind of a fun plot device, and... I mean, if it's well done, then obviously... You know, why wouldn't you watch it? Right, and Christopher Landon is directing and writing it again. And he's like 40, and he did a pretty good job writing college-aged characters, I will say. So that's pretty exciting. I'm really stoked for that, and I hope it comes out pretty soon. I mean... Because it seems like they learned the right lessons from what she was saying. Yeah, but, I mean, it's sort of strange that it sounds like it's almost a direct sequel, as if it's explaining a lot of the nuances around 
the plot devices like how i think you need to see the movie because you'll be happier that it is a direct sequel that picks up right at the end yeah i mean i don't if, if you see the movie. like i said i haven't seen it so this kind of continuation of her being stuck in a time loop seems kind of strange as to how they could expand on that more but no so yeah i don't think they're gonna i don't think based on what happens in the movie i don't think it'll be a rehash where like she keeps reliving time they don't really explain that aspect of it in the first movie like really anything about it it's just like she figures out how to beat it but she doesn't really know what it is like what happened to her and why so if they explore that in this movie i think it's a that's a good way to go i can see that being cool as if it's like some kind of higher power that they could make seem kind of more interesting and kind of mess with the universe in different ways than the first movie that could be cool that could definitely be a cool way to take the story yeah and so we'll just have to wait and see though because it looks like they're they're just starting filming so it'll probably i would guess be out late 2019 or like early 2020 which is weird yeah but <laughs> it's cool people are coming back for it and obviously excited yeah. to you know be back working on the project so that's always a good sign yeah so next up there's a lot of Devil's Reject sequels news. Unfortunately. So, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> so we wanted to say, like, oh, like, Rob Zombie. We So Rob Zombie's a good dude. Like, everyone knows that. He's a nice guy. He's always happy to talk to fans. Yeah. Like, he's a cool dude. I have nothing against the guy. I just don't think but we predicted... <laughs> that a lot of his movies are very good. Right, but we did say that The House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects are his best movie, and it kind of seems like after trying to, like, keep making lightning strike twice with those you know like try to invent this new trying to invent a new version of that with 31 especially he it's kind of seemed like he was just going back to those characters because that's what people liked and not because he genuinely wanted to yeah i feel like he hasn't had a big hit since devil's rejects like i don't think anything that's come out since then has really been culturally very huge or talked about Uh, no that's definitely true so and, and i think that Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses are both pretty good. I I think Devil's Rejects is great, and I think House of a Thousand Corpses doesn't hold up very well. I, I can agree like, with that. Like, it's fun. I think the characters are good, But, though. like, yeah, that kid, that, like, the Firefly, Firefly family is great. And I just think uh, Devil's Rejects is a genuinely good movie. Like, it's a, easily defendable as a great movie. But House of a Thousand Corpses is, like, fun to watch. But I really wouldn't, I don't think I could come up with very many great defenses for it if someone started picking it apart yeah i mean i can see that i think that uh, like the first thing i can think of that i'm not a huge fan of in those movies is i think like we even talked about earlier is the dialogue is kind of uh, oh yeah like, gross or uncomfortable to the point where it's like yuck i don't even want to like <laughs> like watch what's going on or like what's happening in the movie dude i watched lords of salem the other day and if you want to you want to make like devil's rejects at least feel like an oscar worthy script watch that that movie <laughs> is bad like it is oh my god so bad but um anyways there's three big news stories. So the first one, going back to like why I mentioned like what we thought of it already, he's already selling a t-shirt for this movie that he's calling Three From Hell. And it's $32. And it's like, I don't know, that seems just kind of scummy to me. Like, I'm coming back to the characters, like the only characters I've ever worked on that people like. So here, buy my new shirt for $32. Like, that's, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't like that. It seems kind of scummy. Yeah, it feels kind of like... 
new school YouTube where these YouTube stars yeah. are trying to sell their merch all the time. Like yeah. Rob Zombie's out there like bought it merch. Bought it merch. Yeah. It's like uh I don't know, man. Maybe just make the movie good and then you'll make money from that. Yeah, go focus on making a movie, but <laughs> He also Instagrammed a picture of a, you know, like a prison van for the Bain County Prison. And he hashtagged himself, Bill Mosley, which obviously he's going to be in the movie, Sherry, Sherry Moon Zombie. So we'll get to see her naked again. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Naturally. Great. And then he hashtagged Sid Haig, which means, so that means like, I bet they're going to get taken to the coroner after, like, that shootout at the end of the last movie. And then they're going to wake up in the coroner's office. You know, like, they get kicked back out of hell. Yeah, exactly. Like, hell won't take them because they're too... Or, like, they're going to wake up on the way there. Yeah. And, oh, they'll, they'll wake up in the coroner's office, get put in the... Then they'll get sent to the Bain County Prison. That's what I'm guessing. Something like that. It'll be... Yeah. Something predictable but, like that. But... I, I, but Captain Spaulding's I, really cool. Yeah, I mean, Spaulding is... I think, personally, my favorite of those creepy. I'd call and, him iconic. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely an iconic character. Just his whole look is genuinely pretty scary. Like, I would never want to see Captain Spaulding in real life, because I'd be too... Yeah. <laughs> I'd be kind of weirded out by him, but... <laughs> it's This movie is called The Devil's Rejects 2, 3 from Hell. Like, what? I mean, so is it... But is it technically, like, the third and the trilogy yeah house of a thousand corpses uh, has the same characters as devil's rejects and devil's rejects is a direct sequel to it yeah i don't know man this one things aren't looking good for this my i wouldn't get too excited for it like i think like you could be like cool he's making a movie in a franchise that we like but i don't know there's something seems weird and off about this he's getting a lot of free press though so, uh, do we know if this is a theatrical VOD? Theatrical Lionsgate's putting it in theaters and on VOD and home video, but it kind of the article that Bloody Disgusting has kind of makes it seem like it's going to be all three at once, which honestly is a, not a good sign. You know, they just like if you're immediately releasing a movie on VOD the same day you're putting it in theaters, that means it's probably going to have a limited release. Yeah, uh, I mean that doesn't put a lot of confidence in us for you know. Like, why would you go see it in theaters, basically, if you know you can get the same movie the same day on your PS4? Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll we'll keep up on it. Yeah, though. I mean, it's I guess it's cool, like you said, that he's making another movie, but at the same time, I'm very cautiously, like, neutral on this. I don't really expect much from this movie. Right. So then next on the list, Netflix put out this news release i guess that said they had 10 movies that were too scary for people to finish but if you joke. take a look at the list it's obviously like just 10 horror movies where a few of them are good but seven out of ten of them i would say are so bad that it makes sense people didn't finish them mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll just go to the list yeah how about Cabin we start Fever. off with the worst movie that netflix has I, I, produced yeah i was gonna say i think they're doing the talking about the remake yes for Cabin Fever. yes the 2016 the Netflix. first one, the original is pretty scary. I like... It's, like, scary. It's, like... Mm, I don't think it's that scary, but I think that it's... Oh, it's, when, you, when, they, when you see the girl still alive out in the shed okay. and she has no there, skin. There's some good practical effects, and the characters are all likable, and you get drawn into the story. In the the original, the original Eli Roth movie is... Yeah, and it's funny. It's, it's good. It's, it's genuinely got good funny. comedy. Yeah. Shane from Boy Meets World. There's, like, a lot of kind of fun <laughs> things about it. 
and uh, <laughs> Shane from Boy Meets World. <laughs> just, just saw that one in there. Sean from Boy Meets World, not Shane. Oh, okay. but uh, I, I think the original is actually pretty good. I do like the original. This remake though is terrible, in my opinion. I tried to. Sp- <laughs> I downloaded it on my iPad to watch, and I I couldn't even get through ten minutes. Uh, of I'm it. telling you, I started it, and I also had to turn it off. It's essentially a shot for shot remake which is dumb right off the bat because the other one's not even old enough to be and eli roth made this i don't think he directed I think it he but just, he made the remake i think he just put his name on it to get some cash from when youtube <laughs> or uh when netflix made it basically he just wanted to like a little bit of change on the side i don't think he was involved in this in any way, it has a zero percent on rotten tomatoes it's so bad it's a it's a shot for shot remake but all the things they oh change are for the worse so they change like three things and they all suck. They change one of the characters to like a big gamer who thinks he's really good at Ugh. like using guns and stuff. They're like like he brings an AR-15 to their cabin in the woods, and all the other people Timely. are like, "Hey, dude, you know how to use that?" He's like, "Oh, I have a thousand hours in Call of Duty. Yeah, I know how to use an AR-15." And it's like, <laughs> "Oh boy, dude!" And then he shoots someone with the AR-15, and it's like, "Ugh." My God, this movie—it's very hard to watch. Dialogue. I see. I see. It was filmed in Portland, Oregon. Are the out is like the outdoor stuff any good looking? Like, does it look? Good? I mean, it. I believe that it's in the woods. Like, I think they shot on location in the woods. Ooh. But, oh my God! So okay, first weird thing: Eli Roth wrote this one. So like he wrote a remake of his own movie. So he just took ninety so percent of he... the script from the first <laughs> movie that he wrote. It was distributed by IFC Midnight, so yeah. I mean, like, they're pretty hit or miss. Like, we've seen some good stuff from them. Yeah. We've definitely seen some stinkers. It's box office. Guess, Take a guess at how much it made at the box office. This was in theaters? Yeah, IFC Midnight released it. Oh, my God. What was the budget? It was a limited release. Uh, it doesn't say what the budget was, but I can tell you. Okay. All it says is box office. Okay, I would assume the box office was limited release. 500 million uh 39 grand oh my god yeah oh my god yeah it's yeah it's pretty bad so that's number one on the list so i think people are just turning that one up so i admittedly the next one i haven't seen i've heard decent things about it carnage park but it's i've heard it's a very like seven out of ten type of movie i don't i haven't heard anyone say it's scary so i think people probably just got bored because a lot of the reviews i've seen said it just gets kind of boring mickey keating directed it though i think it's his first feature and we we like him a lot so we'll give that one a pass uh, yeah I, i've never I haven't seen s- that one either so i don't i don't really have an opinion on it either way third on the list mexico barbaro never heard of that so yeah i don't also know i haven't seen that one piranha i think they mean piranha 3d maybe yeah three double d with adam scott that's that's the sequel oh so there's three D and then three double D. Oh man, I don't know if I've even seen this one. If I did, it was so forgettable because it's a joke of this, a movie. I think I think this is like an '80s or '90s movie. It's, but Prana 3D is a. It's also remake. a joke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not even gonna Google this. I don't care. Um, I was gonna Google it which one it was. The next one though, Raw. Raw is like fucking amazing like raw is like one of the best horror movies ever and it's in french and i thought that would be annoying but oh my god that movie is so good and i i think that one is genuinely one that people 
would turn off because it's about a, a girl who goes to vet, veterinary college and she's a vegetarian and she becomes a cannibal. Okay, so and there there is some like scenes, some of like, shit that would gross you yeah, out like in that movie. Major gore that you wouldn't want to watch as like. Uh, her sisters. So there's this one part in it. I won't spoil anything from the movie, but there's there's one part where her sister. I think her sister's, like, teaching her how to trim her pubes or something. Mm -hmm. And then she accidentally... Her sister's finger accidentally gets cut off. And then the girl finds it and then eats it like a little hot dog. I don't like that. And then so the sister doesn't have a finger anymore. It's like, oh, it's it's really funny. It's, like, hilarious. It's, a, it's, it's not a comedy, but it has really funny it has like moments. Some, it has some black comedy moments to it where yeah. it's kind of... But I could see, like, normies. You know, like, people who just, yeah, like... Yeah, don't want to see any kind of cannibal <laughs> yeah like been like oh i heard this was a great movie because it has great buzz too so like i could see people turning that off okay the next one teeth i don't we've seen teeth, teeth isn't scary i wouldn't no. say it's kind of a do, funny it, concept it's about a girl do you want to explain what it is yeah, yeah so it's about it's kind of a coming of age story about this high school like is she graduating high school in high school? Something like that. High school age girl. I don't remember. And it, it came out a, lo- a while ago. And she has teeth in her vagina. And so it's kind of like a female empowerment movie where when she'll like bite guys' dicks off with her teeth in her vagina. And this isn't really a scary It's not really a horror I movie. I mean it's it's like a black comedy. It it is definitely more of a comedy than I would say it is a horror movie. I mean, there's definitely, I, I mean, guys obviously don't want to have their dicks bitten off by a vagina. Yeah. So that, there's like some sympathy pains there, which might make people turn it off. But in general, I think people probably just turn this off because it's like not very good. Yeah, it has a 79 on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is crazy uh, I, to I, I think it's I don't know. Generous. We watched it right after it came out, I would guess, right? Like, or a couple years. It came out in 2007. Well, it had a lot of buzz around the time because the plot was so like out there. Yeah. But... I think it dropped off pretty quickly because once people actually started watching it, they were like, oh, it's just not a very good movie. Yeah, so that one, probably not. But The Conjuring is the next one on the list. And that movie is pretty scary. I can see people getting freaked out by that movie and turning it yeah. off. Like, there's some, the claps and everything. Yeah, I love The First Conjuring. I think that's one of the most effective modern horror movies that there that exists. Oh, I yeah. love that movie. I think that it has a lot of genuinely good scares in it. And it could definitely creep someone out. There's the exorcism scene in the basement near the end. I mean, there's a lot of really cool, interesting scenes in that movie that I think if it was someone who's, like, not very into horror and they're like, oh, I'll throw on The Conjuring, I think it could definitely freak a lot of people out. Yeah, so that one will give the definitely scary. Yeah. And then Human Centipede 2. Obviously, this I've is watched of, that. Like, the gross-out factor. Yeah, but have you seen this one? I haven't seen two. It's it's not it's not similar to the first one at all. It's like this. It's all in black and white, and it's like a guy. It's about a guy who saw the first movie and became obsessed with like he thought the doctor was real. I think in the first movie, and then he decides he's gonna make like a hundred person human centipede, but it doesn't have any gore at all whatsoever. It's entirely in black and white, and it's just like a weird character study type movie. It's just it's really bad. It's a really just shitty movie. So. I think that one's just a movie that's so boring and bad that people would turn it off. Yeah, I can see that. I, I don't even think it's rated R like the first one. Like it's just, it's dumb. I don't I don't think he 
ends up sewing the people together either. I think he just ties them. I remember seeing like the cover of the DVD being the really long human centipede that has like a hundred people in it or whatever. Yeah, I don't. I think that one's just a, so dumb and boring that people turn it off. Yeah. The next one is the void. So I don't. This one we could probably go either way on. I think of it either being too scary or like not delivering as a horror movie. I mean, I think it starts off really scary, like we said earlier, where Mm -hmm. uh, I think some people might kind of be too weirded out at, like, the scene, like we said, with the cultists around the hospital, or if they start seeing some of the gore and some of the really, like, very visually interesting and out there practical effects might turn it off. But I I wouldn't call it, like, so scary I would turn it off. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not scary. I mean, it's, it's just... It's just... I guess it's something where if the visuals aren't good enough to keep you the whole time, if you're not a practical effects buff and you don't really care about that, then I could see you turning off the movie because the plot kind of takes a nosedive at in the beginning of the second act. Yeah, and then the last one on here is Jerusalem. I've never seen that, so not going to yeah, comment else on it. But yeah. That. I, I think Netflix was pretty dumb to put this list out because it's like, usually you get it where you're like, oh, like they're just, you know, they're trying to put a positive spin on it. But like a lot of these movies are just so bad that they, there's really no argument for them. You know, it's just like, okay. Yeah. I mean, try again. People take it back to the drawing board. People were saying that they couldn't finish Veronica when that came out. That movie wasn't even scary. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna yeah, do like <laughs> so, the movie's so overrated <laughs> I, like honestly i don't know what to do with this list with one legitimately scary movie on it and everything else being just like throwaway. If, if if they made this if amazon prime put out this list at least eight out of ten of the movies on it would be so scary that people turn them off amazon's amazon prime's horror selection is just like yeah it's fucking it's unparalleled. Uh, amazing it's incredible it's incredible yeah like compared to netflix yeah and last time we talked about this we only pointed out like low-key indie movies but there are big no there's big budget on ones there. on there too it's like yeah. every a24 movie and then a bunch of other really good movies that are also big budget yeah like yeah it's unreal so I wish they would put out that list. That'd be more interesting. That, Maybe we can put that together yeah. for next week's. Yeah, let's do that. Let's remember. I'll write it down. So next up, we have a news story from Bloody Disgusting that Jackson Stewart, who directed Beyond the Gates, he uh, is making a new movie called The Day After Halloween. And I kind Did you see Beyond the Gates? I didn't see Beyond the Gates, no. It's... Uh, eh. It's okay. It's like a... Eh. It's, just, it's like an eh out of ten. Yeah, it's just kind of like, eh. sort of there. doesn't matter if it's really Good. there or not. Yeah, like, a lot of heart went into it, and it was inspired a lot by Shaun of the Dead. Like, there are a lot of callbacks to That's it. That's fun. I like Barbara, that. Barbara Crampton's I in it. The, I met the... Yeah. I don't know. I met the people who made it at Comic-Con, so I'm kind of biased, because they were, like, they were really nice. Uh-huh. But it's, like, eh. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, but, I uh, love Shaun of the Dead, so anything that's similar to that, I assume I'd appreciate. It's like that, but without any of the good editing. Okay. So it's like, so, a, <laughs> if a Edgar lot Wright the... didn't direct it, it'd be like... Yeah, yeah. So it's like what Ant-Man turned out to be, you know, like... <laughs> right. So, but anyways, his new movie is, he said to Shockwave's podcast, which is the Blumhouse podcast, uh, he said, it's basically what happens to the final girl after the end of a slasher movie. It moves 
into a kind of weird metaphysical direction that I don't think people would really expect from this type of movie, but it should be fun. And then EW laid out the plot. They said, this movie concerns a character named Alice Caldwell, the sole survivor of a Halloween night massacre, who soon finds herself under intense scrutiny from the local media. As she struggles with the traumatic aftermath, a mysterious presence begins brutally murdering anyone who's wronged her. Oh, well, that sounds cool. I mean, it sounds fun. It sounds kind of... Like, you know how the the Scream series went? Where, mm-hmm. like, the first movie is, like, the actual event, and then everything after that is kind of following Nancy around as, like, more killers kind of come after her, and it's her dealing yeah. with, like, well, I survived a m- murder, and now I'm going to college, and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I thought those were actually really good sequels. Like, I think Scream uh, 2... Yeah. I think all the Scream sequels are, like, that's one of the more consistent... Uh, horror series i feel in terms of tone and kind of writing quality and killers and all that i thought those were always yeah. really good so i liked all those movies yeah. all four of them three is like gets shaky but it's not bad three is definitely means. the weakest link like no question yeah. three is the weakest link but uh I, one two and four are all like very good so i think ex- and they're really the only movie to ever do that idea where it explores a survivor of a you know, a slasher incident. So I think this mm-hmm. could actually be really interesting depending on how they take it. Yeah. So, um, hopefully it gets a bigger budget. I think a lot of the problems with beyond the gate was so like the plot of beyond the gate is these guys, I think they're brothers and they're one of their girlfriends or friend or something. They find a VHS board game, you know, like the ones where you would play and pause the VHS okay. and it would kind of be your Those are kind DM. Of fun. Yeah. And it's kind of like Jumanji mixed with Shaun of the dead in a way but the budget is so small that like when they go into the vhs world it's just like a smoke machine in a basement with some lifx bulbs you know Uh like it it's it had way too big of aspirations for how much money they had to work with so i think it could have been a lot better like he's a good director so i i don't know i'm kind of excited right like it's not an issue of like concept or writing or anything like that it's just kind of budget restraints made it less than it should have been yeah so that's cool. Yeah. And then uh, next up here is something really cool. So Never Hike Alone, which if you're a newer listener, we talked about this back in October. It's a Friday the 13th fan film that's better than 99% of the Friday the 13th movies. Um, It's coming to home video, which is, I don't know how they're doing this because the way they got around, you know, making a movie with Jason in it, like a full hour short film, was that they didn't make money on it, but now they're doing a home video release through Indiegogo. So that would like kind of like, right. You'd assume that they're making money on it. I, right. I would guess that some cut of the video sales is going to the, whatever studio owns it. Uh, I think it's new line, whatever, uh, owns Jason. Uh, Well, it would be the guy. It's that one guy, Sean Cunningham. He owns all the Jason rights. Well, then I would assume he's getting a cut. They probably worked a deal with him. Yeah, I don't know. But it looks really cool regardless. Like, the end, it it made so much money. Like, when the article was being written, $21,000 had already been donated to their $13,000 goal. And it's over now and ended up making $40,970. I mean, it is really good. So, yeah. It's awesome, yeah. And I think it's cool. I hope I hope they get to keep the money is what I'm saying. Yeah. But the, the stuff they're including with it, like a poster, there's like a replica of their Jason mask, some really cool stuff. Like, I think 
it's awesome that people showed up and backed this. And a limited edition. Because hopefully they were able to get some money. Yeah, that's also really cool. That's like a new thing that's happening is uh, VHS releases. If I had a VHS player, I'd like that, but I... Well, I have two, so you can just (laughs) take one of them. I have two that connect to HDMI. You can have one. Oh, I definitely will take one of those, no question. But <laughs> You could take it home with you in April. <laughs> but and that's cool, though. I mean, honestly, I'm really happy that this is a indie movie that kind of got the notoriety it deserves. Because this was, like we said, when we reviewed it back in, what, like November? It was October. Like, it was before yeah, Halloween. October. I mean, that was like... This is one of the best-made fan films. Really an interesting take on the series. Uh, if you haven't seen it or you haven't heard about it, it, it is... Is it still free on YouTube? Yeah, it's just totally free. Just search for Never Hike Alone. Uh, I would watch it through their channel rather than the Bloody Disgusting channel because you want like the actual yeah, original yeah. one to give you. So, yeah. Uh, but the, check it out. It's Womp Stomp Films. Yeah, they're the, that's the company that made it. The basic idea is a... Uh, like a camping uh, YouTuber, kind of like a Bear grill style guy, but uh, has his own YouTube channel who does, like, camping videos and stuff. Goes out into the woods to do one of his camping videos, uh, review tents and all this kind of stuff, and give you different tips on how to survive. Stumbles across Camp Crystal Lake, and while he's there, ends up <laughs> running into Jason a few times, and it's really well done. I mean, the camp looks about as good as it does in any of the you know full budgeted movies yeah they shot it at the actual camp yeah i mean and it's almost even creepier because it's just it's like a 1v1 the whole time the only two characters in it are the main guy who's filming it and jason so it's tense from the very beginning because it's not super gore fest where jason's chasing down all of his friends and then eventually one person's left it's like right from the get-go jason's like yep this is my one target and it's yeah he's called ghost jason in it yeah he's ghost yeah. he's like the ghost of jason very, very well which done gives though some cool powers uh shot really well edited very well i i really enjoyed this movie and i'm glad it got the recognition that it got yeah and then ju- just for the record we reviewed it in our third episode uh which came out on october 17th 2017 yeah so uh, if you're interested yeah, go back really and, liked it. and listen to that all right, so next up, we have something that initially sounds really cool, but the more it's one of those things where the more you read into it, the more you're like, oh, okay. So Netflix is teaming up with James Wan to make a adaptation of the book, There's Someone Inside Your House. So the book, I hear great things about. We also love James Wan, but then this is where the bad stuff starts. Netflix is uh, the one behind the movie, and their originals are terrible. Mm-hmm. And even though the title makes it seem like, or the title of the article makes it seem like James Wan's directing... He's not. No one knows what he's doing in it. No, he's just so, somehow involved with the movie, which, I mean, even having uh, him in any way involved, I think, is a good thing, obviously, and will add something to the film. But if he's not, you know, a direct player in it, then I, I don't think that, like, it'll really make a huge impact. Yeah, who cares, honestly. And um, not who cares about what you're talking about, like, who cares if he's not directing it because it's a netflix original movie which their track record is terrible yeah, i mean the open house was the first movie that they did this year which was terrible and i heard i watched mute mute sucked we watched uh i watched bright that sucked veronica wasn't like, great and they didn't make that but still it wasn't still like even even the ones they buy aren't good so yeah 
I I feel like people could argue with us on Veronica. I don't want to dump on that movie too hard because some people do like it. Yeah, I feel like I, 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 we could have missed some details, but like I mean, I'm just saying that you know, like that I don't think that's a like a stellar movie in any way that would really blow oh, yeah. away. So it's like a hard seven. I mean, it's good. It's just not fantastic, and I would expect yeah. a James Wan movie to be fantastic. Right, and I don't really care if he's producing, but also I don't like that the writer. So the writer is the guy behind Shazam, which isn't out yet, to be fair. His name is Henry Gaden, but he also wrote Earth to Echo, and that movie sucks. So, I don't know, man. This is a bummer. I mean, if the source material is good enough, then, like I hear it is, a lot of people really praise the book, say it's super interesting. Yeah, I want to read the book. Yeah. Um, so, I think if the source material is good enough, and they really try to adapt it i mean how do you mess up a straight adaptation i mean if you could take good source <laughs> material and translate that to screen in an effective way then it won't be bad so i mean hopefully they can do i just that. want to know i want to know who's directing. yeah exactly that's I, that'll be the deciding i feel like they're kind of being like sneaky about it like they don't want to tell you what's going on with it because they know it's like not going to be that good like, right. they want to put James so... Wan's name in front of everyone else because he's the big, big dog on campus who's made, like, the best recent horror movies, started the, you know, Conjuring Cinematic Universe, as they like to call it. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I think if he's involved, it'll be better than if he isn't, obviously. But at the same time, I don't know what him being a producer on it is going to do. Right. So, we'll we'll just keep an eye on it. I don't want to, like prematurely shit on it but no i mean there's some, there's I... some red flags here yeah yeah for sure okay so the final piece of news for this week is that finally primal rage is releasing on video on demand services months after we originally talked about it it releases on may 1st 2018 so that's good finally that's bizarre that we were we saw this movie for months. We were this movie six well, when months ago. When did we ago. see that? Like, it's like October. People consistently ask, too, because I posted a review on my YouTube channel. You know what's funny? So, hang on. I'm going on the, the website to see when we talked about this. So, we talked about Primal Rage uh, on 12-12, December 12th, which was... Uh, like a couple weeks after we saw it, we we talked about it. Yeah, and then I posted my review in like February or in Mar- January, and people are like, "When's this movie coming out? When's this movie coming out?" It had like a one night theatrical showing, and that's bizarre because this movie's really good. That's <laughs> yeah, fucking. I really awesome. love Primal Rage. I was hoping this thing, thing would have a huge release immediately. I was. This, it feels theatrical. Yeah. It like it feels like a theatrical movie. It, so yeah, take our words for it, guys. Like yeah, when you can it's see a really it good in movie. two goddamn months. <laughs> like honestly, I swear to God, if we knew that it was gonna take this long, we would have just waited to review it. Like we weren't trying to like we weren't flexing on you guys at all. Like seriously, like we didn't fucking know. No, I was hoping everyone could see this movie because I think this is one of the better modern <laughs> slashers I've I've seen. It's. I was told also that it was coming out between February and March, and I did not know at the time that that meant it was getting a one-night showing in, like, some theaters. Like, that's not... Like, what? That is... This one just has a very strange release schedule, but hopefully when it comes out on May 1st, everybody who listens to this show will go give it a watch, because I think we both very highly recommend it, and... 
Yeah, and as a refresher, it's a Bigfoot movie from the guy who made the original Predator suit. And it's fucking dope. The gore like, is insane. Oh, the God. gore yeah, is like, some of the oh, best God. practical effects you will ever see in your entire life. The Bigfoot is awesome. Looks amazing. It's perfect. It's like, it's so good. It's the best Bigfoot movie, which isn't saying a lot, but like, it's saying enough. Um, I, I think a lot of the characters are kind of forgettable. They're just kind of there for kill fodder, but at the same time, it's awesome because the effects are so good. And it's just an extremely, extremely fun watch, and I don't think anyone should uh, pass up on this one. On May 1st. On May 1st. Sorry. We apologize for reviewing that way too early. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you want to like hear a review, we reviewed it in, on December 12th, and the episode's called Primal Rage. So you can find that nice and easy. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about a movie that we actually like. Yay! <laughs> Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, so we're back from our quick break, and uh, we really wanted to talk about a good movie that we actually liked since... You know, it's been a while. It's been a long time since we've talked about a movie that we liked. I think, honestly, the last mo- movie we liked was Insidious 4, and that came out in January. Yeah, we've had kind of a dry spell lately. Yeah, there have been a lot of good movies coming out, just not a lot of good horror movies. So we went to the drawing board, and we picked a bunch of names out of a hat, and we decided on Good Time, which George asked me, is this a horror movie? And there is a Haunted House segment in it, so yes, it is a horror movie. And it's really good. If you haven't heard of it, it's from the Safdie brothers, Ben and Josh Safdie. And it stars Robert Pattinson as Connie Nikas. And he has a mentally handicapped brother named Nick Nikas. And then he convinces Nick to help him rob a bank so that they can, like, skip town and, uh, you know, do whatever it is they're going to do. But Connie's a piece of shit. He's, like, a terrible older brother and he gets Nick caught, and it, the movie takes place over one day, where he's, like, trying to get enough bail money to get Nick out of jail, because, like, he'll get killed in jail, basically, and uh, it go, it goes crazy from there. So what did you think of this movie, Jordan? Uh, I really liked it. I thought that it, I think if Blade Runner 2049 didn't come out this year, then this would have been uh, an easy Best Cinematography Oscar for me. I think that this was yeah. one of the best shot, most visually interesting movies I've seen in a long time. The The whole neon-soaked atmosphere is amazing. I thought that it looked so cool, the entire movie. Yeah, and it takes place in New York City, and it really... You know, like, a lot of movies are set in New York City, but they're filmed with the backdrop of any city. This movie, you know that it was shot in New York. Like, they go to Adventureland, which is a real place in it. You can tell, and it goes to, like, the pro- like the not-so-good not places in New York, really, I would say. And it's just, a lot of work went into making it look great. And you do not recognize Robert Pattinson in this movie. Like, he he nails that Brooklyn accent. Like, he looks like he does meth. It's crazy. <laughs> No, he was very good in it, um, which is surprising because the only thing that he's been in that I was of note was what he was in a Harry Potter movie and he was in the Twilight movies. So yeah, pretty much. I mean, that was pretty much the extent of it. And in Harry Potter, he's a very minor character, and in Twilight, I mean, he, he is one of the main he characters. Exists to but, die. 
Yeah, it's like who cares at that point. But he was actually very my boy Cedric. <laughs> he was very good though in this movie. He really carries. I mean, you follow him primarily, and as much as he is a bad person, you you're very interested in what he's doing all the time. You always want to know what's next. Where? Yeah. How low will he sink on his day of like doing these terrible things? <laughs> How weird was it seeing for you Jennifer Jason Lee after seeing Annihilation? That was really weird. It it honestly is <laughs> like a, a system shock almost because it's so such a different role for movie to movie she, like that. Uh, yeah, for those listening, she plays his like really immature kind of. It's hinted that she's addicted to drugs of some sort. Girlfriend who like. It's just so stupid that she doesn't care or understand that he's a narcissistic piece of shit who thinks the entire universe revolves around him. And then so it's like she's the straight-laced character in uh, Annihilation. Like, she's really, like, pointed in how she speaks and blah, blah, blah. But then in this movie, she's just, like, all over the place. Like, she is sloppy and messy, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, she comes from money, and so they... He tries to do some things uh, exploitative of like her and her her family, and like he only cares about his brother. Yeah, exactly. And is like the, like the plot. He could care less if she comes with him or not. He just kind of wants to exploit her to get his brother out of jail as quickly as possible. And it it really is a completely different role. It go. I mean, in Annihilation, she's like the backbone of the team. Basically, she's the <laughs> the main leader and the most responsible. And in this one, she's like essentially a child in a woman's body yeah and uh dude honestly swear to god i did not know that josh safty played nick and so after the movie i was like man who's that mentally handicapped actor like i gotta look that up like that that guy's great and then it's, it's the director of the movie you're like what the fuck like that's nuts like he does a great job portraying a mentally handicapped person in a non-offensive way yeah you know it's not overdone where it's like offensive yeah, it's, it's it's done really tastefully and well and you you care about him yeah it's like you want to it's it's crazy the reason i i think this movie personally i think it should have won best picture last year like that's how good i think it is because it takes it makes the main character a character that you hate like you fucking hate because he's so bad but you they create another character and nick that you feel for and you like want you want nick to be, end up okay so you end up rooting for Connie, and you're like, wait, I'm rooting for Connie. Like, why? This is crazy. Like, the way they get you to root for Connie is just, like, so manipulative in a good way. Yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's in the way where, like, obviously you want, you know, Nick to come out on top in the end. You want him to not be in jail and to be okay. But at the same time, you don't want Connie to save him because you don't want Connie to really be involved in his life at all. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the movie doesn't ever let you stop to think that if Nick does stay in jail, he probably won't stay in jail. You know, like he'll probably get the help he needs. Like they, they very smartly start this movie with Nick talking to a therapist and then Connie breaks in and like, I was like, come on, get out of here. Like this guy's bad. Like he tries to convince Nick that the therapist is the bad guy. And they start the movie with that. And then there's also a character, Buddy Duras. He plays Ray. And I'm not going to spoil how he comes into the movie. But once he is and he explains the night that he had, that whole sequence is just, like, hilarious. It's fucking crazy. That was a really interesting (laughs) 
piece of levity, like, halfway through the movie. Like, it's so dark and dreary, and it just keeps getting darker and darker, and then eventually this guy shows up and kind of pulls you back, and you realize, you see his, like, whole life story in, like, a minute. I mean, it's, like, longer than a minute. It's, like, probably, like, a five-minute scene. And it's, I love that character. I thought he was so funny and interesting to watch. I yeah, mean, he was great. He was really, really a fun. I love how he talked. When when they go to White Castle, he's like, "Come on, man, can you just get me some sliders, please? I'm hungry. Like, fuck, oh, come on." It's like I would get him some sliders. Yeah, I mean, come on, give the guy some sliders. He had a rough night, but I, I mean, I thought he was a really good uh, addition oh God, to so the good. cast because he's a nice bit of, like I said earlier, levity and kind of. Introduces an interesting plot element with his character, and throughout, it, it, it's kind of one and the same of his story of how he got in the position that he's in. So, yeah, he's not just there for filler. To he's not you know like the funny guy who comes in and just kind of cracks a joke every now and then. He's his plot is actually important to the story, and is very well integrated. I felt. Yeah, and then so he's also how this movie ends up being a horror movie, kind of because. He ends up taking Connie back to Adventureland, where they have to find something. And they go through this haunted house. And it is a pretty freaky sequence. Like, they're rummaging around in the dark. They're trying to be quiet because they don't want the security guards who are there overnight to find them. And it's a pretty pretty spooky sequence. And then once the actual lights turn on inside the haunted house, it looks really cool and kind of freaky. It reminded me of uh, The Guest, yeah. in a way. I mean, honestly, even if... I mean, if you if you, there was nobody in the haunted house when the security guard comes in, like I would not want to go into a haunted house at night like that, <laughs> like a theme park. Yeah. Like, even if there was no. actually no like legitimate threat in there, I would not feel comfortable in that setting. No, are you kidding? No, fuck that, <laughs> dude. And the, you you think like when the lights turn on, it's going to be less scary, and then it gets scarier. Right, because then somehow certain attractions in the set in the house kind of turn on and start to activate and move and different things yeah. happen and you're you feel like you're in the haunted house with them which was i thought a very uh effective scene yeah so i don't know what it was about this movie where pe- i guess people i i made money so people saw it but like the right people didn't see it to where it wasn't nominated for any oscars at all it's just it's so fucking good honestly like I think this movie would connect with a lot of horror fans because we can deal with dark shit easier, especially like a lot of people I feel like would see a movie like this. And then once the real dark stuff starts happening, they turn it off, but we can fight through it because we know that eventually it'll pay off and be integral to the story in some way. Like we, we can assume that eventually there's a reason for how dark it gets at points. Yeah. And it does get very dark. There's a lot of, yeah, there's one scene that both of us did, really didn't like, but you really didn't like it. So you want to talk about that? Uh, I don't really want to like get into it too much because I feel it's kind of a little bit of no. You could th- this don't don't spoil how he gets there, but just spoil what happens. So there's I, it's not really a spoiler. There's one point where uh, he's ex- Connie. Right, Connie is uh, looking for a way to communicate with his girlfriend. Uh, so he needs a cell phone. And he's in a house with, uh, like, a 16-year-old girl unsupervised. And he kind of takes advantage of her in a way to kind of get the phone off of her. And kind of starts, like, making out with her and takes her back into the bedroom and stuff. And I thought that was, yeah, like, very the- predatory and gross. But 
Yeah. It, I don't think I don't think the scene needed to go all the way to the bedroom. I think I think it justified its the scene justified itself when they were just on the couch making out, not spoiling anything, but I think once it moves to the bedroom, like by that point I understood what kind of a person Connie was and I felt like it didn't need to be hit home that hard. Yeah, I think that could have been pulled back a little bit. That was the one thing that really like disgusted me <laughs> with like Connie's character more than anything else, but uh-huh. um, it, uh, but it does really kind of hammer home the way that Connie is as a character of like, he really is not a good person. And it's a, it hammers home that idea of like, you're kind of rooting for him at the same time. You're like, this guy really needs to kind of get off the streets and he needs to be Mm -hmm. caught by the police. It should have been him, not his brother. Yeah. But man, this movie's so good. Yeah, and it is. Uh, like, it is. Fr- do you have anything more you want to say about I it? I just want to say it is free on Amazon Prime Video, because for some reason they get like every A twenty four movie for free. Yeah, they have a deal with them, but which is good. Yeah, so I would say if you have Amazon Prime, which at this point, like, who doesn't? You should definitely just kind of like I watch this on like a Saturday morning, uh, and I thought it was just just really good. Something that I think everyone should watch, and this is definitely one of the higher quality a24 movies i've seen in a long time yeah it's very rare that i watch a movie twice but i i i knew i had to refresh on it because i saw it a long time ago but i'm really glad i watched this twice like and i'll watch it again like this movie will never get old to me it's just so good yeah it's just awesome yeah i'm upset that i missed it like the first time around when it actually when it initially came out and because i definitely heard some buzz around it when it first came out uh, so I'm upset that I, I missed out on this one, but I'm glad that I did you were, go. You were probably still, uh, salty about it comes at night and you were like, <laughs> I'm skipping this I was one. like, 824 is on my shit list. <laughs> but dude, you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. This, this is going to put them on your shit list. Uh, their first movie, theatrical movie was, uh, Spring Breakers. Oh, I hate 10 that years movie. Ago. I hate that that's movie. That's their, that's the, the movie that put that, like, put them on the map. I kind of get that, I though. Fuck... That is totally, like, yeah. that style of movie that they would, like, back financially. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, Spring Breakers is the only movie I personally, and I think yep. George, also, have ever I've walked ever walked out of. <laughs> walked out of the movie theater. <laughs> But we got up and walked out as the credits rolled. No, we were we like... We thought we were making some fucking statement. And we got up, like... Like, five minutes before walking, the end. <laughs> as we're walking, like, towards, like, across the front of the screen, the movie ends and the credits roll. And we're like, fuck. Like, we just looked like people who were coming back to see it again and we knew how it ended. Yeah. I I really don't <laughs> like that movie, but that's, that's yeah, besides the I, point. I don't know. I don't think I need to go back and watch it again to, like, decide if I don't like it. Like, I just think I don't no, like it. No, I think... And I think that's okay. I feel like I... I understand what they were trying to go for with it, and I just didn't... Was not feeling it, you know? Look at my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my shit. Yeah. Uh, James, Franco James Franco plays... Impression? Essentially Riff Raff, the rapper, and is uh, has cornrows and grills, and is a drug dealer and a rapper, and is just kind of like a bad stereotype <laughs> it's yeah but <laughs> if you want to put yourself on the map that's the movie to do it like that movie got us talking like we told everyone we knew about that movie in a bad way but still like, still we were talking about a lot of word of it. mouth and people other people talked about it we gave it a lot of word of mouth yeah so i don't know i would not 
recommend Spring Breakers, but I would say definitely uh, watch this movie. Watch Good Time. Yeah, someone's going to get pissed that we don't like Spring Breakers, but we like Good Time because <laughs> they're so similar. I mean, they are definitely, even in like down to aesthetic, <laughs> like the idea of like, you know, both movies are very neon soaked and following these characters that are unlikable. So they are yeah. kind of similar in tone and aesthetic, but at the same time, I think I think this was a more contained, effective way to tell that story than uh, Spring Breakers did. Yeah, me too. So check that movie out on Amazon, and then right when you're done, watch The Monster. And next time there's not a movie coming out, we'll probably talk about that, because that's a movie we both love too. But I just thought Good Time would be a movie I knew George would like, so I wanted to go with something I knew we'd both be into <laughs> for this week, so we could guaranteed talk about a good movie. Yeah, and next week we have uh, Unsane, and I know oh. I know you really Woo! you really like that movie, and uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. I didn't get a chance to see it early yet, but uh, I'm probably gonna go. Yeah, the, for those who don't know, George found Unsane, sent me the trailer, and was like, "This movie looks cool, but it looks like it was shot weird." And then we found out later on it was shot on an iPhone. It's from Steven Soderbergh, and I saw it early. Oh my god, this movie's good. I'm excited for George to see yeah. it. I don't want to say anything about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm very excited to go out and see it. I'm probably going to try to see it like Thursday night to get it. Yeah, I was less hyped than you, but I ended up loving it. So I'm really yeah. stoked to see what you think of it. I thought that the trailer looked extremely interesting. I, I think that even the way it's shot in the trailer, even though it looks weird, it kind of fits with at least the tone that I'm getting from the trailers. So this is one that has been on my radar since actually I saw the trailer for this before I saw Winchester, which we all know how I feel about that. <laughs> but uh, this was one that's been on my radar for a little while that I'm, I'm really excited to go check out this week. Oh, I, just, I forgot you didn't like Winchester, huh? I mean, why did he drink the poison? What is that all about? Why, why did he drink the poison? Why does he have a uh, vial of poison that he drinks <laughs> on occasion? <laughs> I'm not going to send George into this hole. So before we go, uh, I posted my review of Unsane today and uh, I work for a tech YouTuber and we ended up getting all the lenses that this movie was shot on set sent to us by like total happenstance. So I bought the app that this movie was shot on. It was shot on an iPhone 7 Plus, but I have an iPhone 10, which is like a little bit better, but not by a ton camera wise and then i use the same lenses that they use to shoot this movie to shoot my review so if you want to see uh just a five minute spoiler free review of the movie you can go to my youtube channel and check that out before we talk about it next week but yeah i really liked it yeah so that'll be great to talk about uh, on the docket for next week we'll have two good movies in a row so that'll be uh, extremely unique for this show yeah it's crazy and i misspoke the last good movie we saw was annihilation oh yeah that's true annihilation was very good yeah, and we like the ritual. So you know what? Yeah, actually, I just felt like actually, we did have some good movies, and that's actually. A I Netflix think it was. I think too. it was Hellraiser Judgment that really set us on the path of darkness, <laughs> and, and the Cloverfield paradox. And yeah, then that's true. The like trilogy of evil was fucking the Strangers. Yeah, and but Ritual is a Netflix movie that did come out this year that is good. So yeah, they bought it. So I'm not giving them that point. They haven't earned. It. <laughs> I'm gonna. At least they have a little bit of an eye. They can sometimes accidentally buy something good. <laughs> right. So that's going to be the end of episode 22 of Fear Frequency, guys. Uh, we mention this every week, but the biggest helpful thing you can do for us is go to iTunes and leave us like a little review of the show. 
we obviously prefer five stars, but if you don't think we're a five-star show, be sure to tell us why in the review, and we will do our best to take that feedback to heart and improve in the future. Also, we have this dope community on Instagram now, somehow, <laughs> uh, that's slowly building, where, like, people talk to each other in the comments of our pictures, and it's just, like, it's great. It's awesome. It so you should go follow us on Instagram. Yeah, it's cool to see uh, uh, that we're getting a little bit of a following building up. It's very, uh, you know, nice to see that our hard work isn't going into uh, nothing. Yeah, you know, for someone like George who doesn't use social media, he really has it. <laughs> This must be really nice for you, George. <laughs> little so bit you of can follow us boost. there at Fear Frequency. We posted a picture today of Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis that just says seven more months. And uh, some guy goes, new Halloween? I was like, yeah. And he goes, nice. <laughs> I love that. And it has 103 likes. So thanks, guys. If you are one of those people, we really appreciate it. You're making us feel good. Uh, but yeah. That is episode 22 of Fear Frequency, and George, bring us home. As always, come back next week for more horror news and reviews, and you never know who might be listening.